This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. I heard a story about a, about a man who was going into college and his... He had a wealthy uncle that passed away and left him millions and millions of dollars. And the young man went to, went to college and he didn't want to go to work. And so he just kept going to college. And he went to college till the day he died. He was enrolled in school when he died. Just kept going to school, kept taking more classes. Uh, and there's people out there who would probably, that's their dream job would be to keep going to school and keep learning. It sounds awful to me. I'd rather do any job than do that. Uh, but this man loved going to school, loved, uh, I guess, learning. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but the thought had occurred to me, what a waste. He probably learned everything there was to learn about business and never ran a business or never worked in a business. He may have taken biology classes or nursing classes and never tended to anybody who was sick or had had an accident or anything yet he had all this knowledge and it didn't do him any good because he never used any of it it all went into his mind and and that's where it stayed and I couldn't help but think about that story when I read James chapter one the last well some of the last six or seven verses there which we're going to study this morning, where James gives one of the greatest warnings in the scriptures. And he tells us that we have to be a doer of the word. We're going to start there, and we'll read about five, five or six of these verses here to get our text this morning, where James says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Sorry about that. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So as we, as we see this, we see that he, he, James, he goes through a couple different topics here, and he starts off by what seems to be kind of unrelated but we'll see how it's a little more related later when he says be swift to hear slow to speak and slow to wrath because or for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God we need to be swift to hear we need to be slow to speak slow to wrath because we want the righteousness of God we want to work the righteousness of God we want God's grace and then he kind of stakes a hinge on the righteousness of God and pivots a little bit 
and says, wherefore, because we want the righteousness of God, we, because we want to work the righteousness of God, we have to lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive the word because it's able to save your souls. He tells us we have to be doers and not hearers only. And he says that if you're not doing the word, you're deceiving yourself. And then he gives an illustration. And he says if, if you're a hearer of the word and not a doer, you're like somebody who looks into a mirror and they look at their own self. They look at their own, their own person, their own face. And they walk away from that mirror and straightway or immediately forget what kind of person they were. And he says, but rather instead of this, the person who looks into God's word and continues and isn't forgetful but is a doer will be blessed. He gives us an incredible warning here. And this morning for just a few minutes I want to compare and contrast the hearer and the doer. I want to start with why we need to do that. What happens to the hear? What happens to the doer? What does the Bible tell us about these two different people? And then I want to lay out some of the, I guess, characteristics that we see of the hearer and the doer. And I want us to figure out today, are we a hearer or are we a doer? First off, James says that the doer is someone who will be blessed. And he says that the hearer only is someone who's deceived. And now it's probably a good time for me to stop and to let you know about the people who are in this situation. Obviously, there are people who don't hear the word of God. And they would be the non-hearer. And then there's the hearer of the word of God. And there's the hearer only who doesn't do. So we have not a hearer, a hearer who doesn't do. And then there's the hearer who also does what the word says. And those are the three people that we might find in this, in this scenario. So in the 25th verse, uh, James there says that the doer of the work who's not a forgetful hearer, this man shall be blessed in his deed. We want to be blessed by God. We, we want the blessings of God. And James tells us pretty simply, if you want to receive those blessings, you have to be a doer. You can't be a forgetful hearer. Someone who hears the word of God, like he says, looks at themselves in a mirror and turns around and walks away and doesn't even remember what they look like. And he says that the person who is the hearer only, who I may refer to as just a hearer at some point, and when I say that I mean the hearer only, he says that that person deceives themselves in the 22nd verse, which I think is one of the greatest warnings we find in the Scripture. You know, we see warnings like this oftentimes, and it's, it's such a, a perfect warning. And if, if any of us were driving down the road at night in some place we didn't recognize and there were warning signs on the side of the road that said bridge out ahead, road construction, reduce speed with yellow flashing lights, there's none of us who would keep the cruise set on 75 and just keep going. At minimum, we'd slow down a little bit, wouldn't we? If, if not, we'd pull over on the side of the road. And James has given us those warning signs here. It's not unlike what we see in 1 Corinthians where it says there, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. It's the easiest warning the scriptures give us. Don't, don't be tricked and don't be fooled. Because if you do the following, this will happen. Don't be deceived because bad relationships, sinful relationships 
will corrupt your good behavior. Will cause misconduct. Nobody looks at that and goes, well, I can have whatever friends I want. I can hang out with whoever I want and do whatever I want to do. And it won't affect me. The scriptures give us a very plain warning here. Don't be tricked. Well, why does the scriptures give us this warning? Because we're human and we will be tricked if we don't pay attention to this warning. And it's the same warning that, that James gives us here in, in the first chapter. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. You know, there's one person out there who is better at tricking you and deceiving you than anybody else. There's one person out there who's better at tricking me and deceiving me than anybody else. And it's me. It's you. We're, we're able to trick ourselves better than anybody else. We're, we're able to fabricate things in our mind and tell ourselves things that aren't true. And James is, is giving us a warning against that. De- be not deceived. You have to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Nobody wants to be deceived. Nobody wants to be tricked. Nobody wants to be played as a fool. That's an awful feeling. And James is trying to spare us some expense here by saying, but be doers of the word and not hearers only unless you want to deceive your own self. And you're probably looking at that going, okay, great. Yeah, the the doer's blessed and the hearer's deceived. Okay. Well, it's, it's taken a little step further. If we look at Romans In the second chapter it says, For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. Okay, we want want to be blessed, but I think sometimes we look at the word blessed or a blessing and it's pretty vague to us and we don't fully understand what the scriptures mean when it says that, but we understand this. Romans says that not the hearers of the law are just before God, But a doer of the law, a doer of the word of God is justified before God. And on the other hand, James tells us later on, a couple verses later in in chapter 1, of the deceived man, of that hearer only of the word, he says that this man's religion is vain. And now he's speaking our language a little bit more, isn't he? He says, you want to be a hearer only of the word? You want to read the word of God and then walk away and don't try to make any application in your life? Your religion is vain. He says, but if you're a doer of the word, you're justified before God. Now, I'm glad you're here today. It's good to be here. I'm thankful that we got a chance to open up the word of God. And not because I'm preaching it, but any Sunday or any service when we have somebody up here preaching the Word of God, I hope that we have full intent of practicing that in our life. Because if we sit here today, as, as we read here in James, that, that James tells us, or that we're told in Romans, if we sit here today and listen to God's Word, or if, if we're at home and we open up the Bible and we feel good about ourselves because we've been reading a chapter every night, and then we walk away and don't make any attempt to put that in our practice in our own lives. James tells us your religion is vain. What a waste of time. That's a great warning he gives us. Let me tell you, I'm, I want to be a doer of the word. 
I, I don't want to be here wasting my time. I, I don't want my religion to be in vain, to be a waste, to be deceived. It's easy to feel good about ourselves when we are doing good studying and we've been coming to church every Sunday. But then we realize if we're not out there doing it, then the scriptures say, we're, what a waste. So I want to compare and contrast the hearer and the doer. There's three points that I want to talk about that is the opposite in these two parties here. It starts off in verse number 21 where James says, Wherefore, or for this reason, when he talks about the, uh, the righteousness of God, he said, For this reason, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. You see, the hearer, they don't lay aside sin. But the doer, they will lay aside this sin that's being talked about here. And oftentimes, I'm very guilty of reading this verse and going, okay, filthiness and superfluity nice, and that means bad. And that's probably what he means, lay apart anything bad. And that's true. The word filthiness there really, it, it means dirt or dirtiness. Uh, and superfluity of naughtiness means overflow or, or a surplus, a, an abundant amount of sin. Or of wrongdoing. James says, lay apart all sin and all overflow, rampant surplus of sin and of evil doing in your lives. And the hearer only, they don't, they don't see that. Remember, they go and they look into the mirror and they, they forget. They forget what manner of man, what kind of person they were. The hearer doesn't lay aside that sin. But the doer of the word does lay aside that sin. They will lay it apart. The word lay apart there means to, to take off. A lot of times in the scripture, uh, I believe it's Ephesians 6, uh, where we talk about being clothed with something. To put on. We talk about putting on Christ. And this is like the opposite of that. To lay apart, to take off. And so if you're wearing a coat, that lay apart that coat. One of the, uh, I, I don't remember, I maybe what, what the Greek word here is, the, the number of it. Um, but if you look up that Greek word, that's also used when uh, the people lay aside their, sea, their, their cloaks and their, their garments at Saul's feet when they stone Stephen. It's to lay apart, it's to take off. And James tells us to take off all sin, take off all wrongdoing. Put it away from you. In other, in other parts of the New Testament, it's translated as to cast away or to cast off. Like where uh, maybe in First Peter chapter 5 and verse number 7, uh, he talks about casting your care upon the Lord, to take it off and to cast it away from you. The hearer doesn't do that. They're hearing the word of God, and they're not doing it. They're not making those actions. But the doer is going to lay apart that sin. They're going to lay apart that evil doing and all that overflow of wickedness. The question comes up, how do you view sin? And we'll talk about this more in our closing today. I think one of the differences is how how the hearer and how the viewer or how the hearer and how the doer view sin. And how they compute sin in their minds. My belief is that the hearer only, they look at sin as bad. They look at sin as transgression. 
they've heard the word, they understand it, they, or they've heard the word and they, they know what the word's talking about. Sin is bad. Sin is transgression. But the doer of the word, in order to truly lay aside sin and to truly cast it away and to put it off, you have to view sin as repulsive. You have to view sin as, as awful. James, James uses the word filthy, overflow and surplus of wickedness and naughtiness. The hero will view sin as bad. And they're not wrong in that, but the, the doer of the word, they view sin as repulsive and just evil and vile and get it away from me. Cast it away. That's an important part of understanding the difference in this hearer and this doer. The next part that a hearer and the doer are completely different here is that the hearer will not humbly receive the word, but the doer humbly or meekly, as James says it, receives the word. He says later on in that same verse uh, that we lay apart all sin and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the engrafted or implanted word which is able to save your souls. It seems like a very minor detail, but it's so important. James says that we must receive the word of God with meekness. And simply put, the hearer doesn't do that. They're, they're seeing the word. They have read the word. They've heard the word. But they're not receiving it with meekness like that doer of the word receives it. You see, the hearer, they look into the mirror and they walk away. And I think that shows a great deal of pride. And I think we can see that in our own lives. Maybe that's why we fail at the same things we've been failing at for years. Maybe that's why we sit here and we listen to a sermon and we go, I probably need to do that. I probably need to give that a try. And then we walk out of here and never think twice about it. It's our pride that keeps us from receiving the word with meekness. The hearer doesn't do that. Or the, the doer, rather. The hearer sitting here in the pews today going, I hope them over there are listening to this. <laughs> this is really good for them. I hope my spouse is listening to this one. This is just what they need. Not the doer. The doer receives the word with meekness. They don't have pride. They receive it with meekness. They humbly receive the word. James says at the very beginning of what we read, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Is it possible that he's talking about the word of God, not just our normal everyday conversation? Let every man be swift to hear the word and slow to speak, slow to interject, slow to go telling somebody else about what they need to do, but rather be swift to, to hear. Humbly receive it and meekly receive the word for yourself. And the third thing that we'll talk about here is that the hearer only is forgetful. And I believe what at the root, given the demonstration, what James means here is that the, the hearer is very poor at self-examination when they self-examine. And that's to say if they don't, if they do at all, they're poor at it. But James tells us that the doer of the word will continue in the Lord. In the 23rd verse there he says, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself. 
He looks and he sees himself and goeth his way and straightway or immediately at once forgetteth what manner of man he was. How poor at self-examination. Self-examination is not something that we only do at the Lord's Supper. Not something that lasts three minutes. It's something that when you walk away from that mirror, which is God's word, obviously, in this scenario, when you walk away from that mirror, that you remember it, that you hold on to it. He says, alternatively of the doer, that they looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer. You see, he says that they both behold. He sees himself. He looks into the mirror and he sees himself. And the doer, he, he looketh into the perfect law of liberty. But the hearer, he goes away and immediately forgets where the doer continues in the word. I think these are some important words as well. The word looketh there is, is completely different than the word behold. When I see the hearer only, and I see him go look in the mirror that is God's word, or if I, in my mind I'm picturing him looking in a real mirror, I see him, he looks at himself and goes, yep. And, and then he goes and immediately forgets what manner of man he was. Talk about being bad at self-examining. He forget. I don't know if I'm white, black. I don't know if I'm a girl or a boy. I don't know if I got facial hair or not. I mean, forgets what kind of man he was. But he says that the doer looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein. He looketh. The word looketh here means to kneel down, to bend down, to examine. Every once in a while, Hallie and I will go out and look around for an arrowhead or some cool little treasure out on the ranch and find something. And when you're doing that, well, yeah, you're scanning around. But when you see something that catches your eye, you don't go, yep, cool. And, and walk away. You, you bend down there and you look at it and you dust all the, the dirt off of it. And you pick it up and you, you look at every part of it. And that's what I think of when I see this doer. Who he looks into the perfect law of liberty. And he's not reading it and walking away. He's, he's picking it up and he's looking at every aspect of it. And he's studying it. Trying to figure out what it was. What it means. And he continueth therein. Maybe the coolest phrase in this passage the word continueth and continueth therein means to abide or to stay near to be permanent talk about is, is there ever a bigger difference in two people right here the, the hearer only of the word they, they come and they, they look at themselves in the mirror of God's word and they're, they're hearing the word of God and they immediately walk away and forget what they've heard But the doer of the word, he opens it up and he looks at it and he studies it and he's permanent. He stays near permanently, not to be pulled away from it. As we begin to wrap up our comments this morning, I want to show you how this concept is shown in the parable of the sower, which... The more and more I go through it, it's the greatest parable. I love this parable. It's got so much application. And little did I know that what James talks about 
in the first chapter is also something that Jesus tells us and uh, where Matthew records it in, in the parables. He says here, When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth it away, that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed in the stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet he hath no root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit. Do we see who these people are? This is exactly what James is talking about in the first chapter. Jesus says that when someone hears the word, when they hear the word among stony places, among the thorns, they hear the word, or on the good ground. They're all people who hear the word. And unfortunately, at times we, we come to church and we listen to the word and we go, man, I feel good about myself. I've done a good job. Check. Done that for the week. And what does Jesus tell us about this person? What, what risk does Jesus show us these people are at? He says that when anyone hears the word, then comes the wicked one and catcheth away which was sown in his heart. He says that when anyone, uh, the one that was received the seed in the stony places, he received it with joy. But when tribulation and persecution arised, he says that he that received the seed among the thorns, it was the care of the world and the deceitfulness of riches, they came up and choked it away. Doesn't this sound just like what James warned us about in the 21st verse? Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. And receive with meekness. Let me tell you, they received the word. They heard the word just like everybody else. But it was what they did with it. It was what else they didn't do. That was the downfall of these people here. And maybe the biggest difference. Is found in the first and last verse of that parable. Matthew says, when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one. But he says, of, of that which receive the seed into the good ground, is he that heareth the word and understandeth it. And that's why I said earlier, I think one of the biggest differences between the hearer and the doer is a lack of understanding. A lack of a view of what sin really is and what sin does. It's a lack of understanding what the word is and that the word is powerful and that it's the inspired, true, God-breathed word. Imagine walking through life from, from here on, not understanding that the word was God-breathed, that it was God-inspired. Or walking through life not understanding the severity of sin and what it really does to a person's soul. Jesus again tells us about the hearer and the doer in Luke chapter 6. 
he says, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Jesus says, Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. And a couple of verses later he says, But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that, and we'll, we'll read that now. Jesus says, I will show you what the hearer and the doer are like. And I think we've seen that this morning throughout our study. I think we've seen what the characteristics are of the hearer and what the characteristics are of the doer. We've seen that the hearer will be deceived, that the hearer's religion is in vain, that the doer is blessed and justified before God. And now Jesus is going to tell us himself what those people are like. Jesus says about the man who's the doer of the word. He is like a man which built an house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Jesus tells us what happens to the hearer only. Jesus tells us what happens to the doer of the word. Jesus echoes the warning that James gives us. Well, I guess rather James probably echoed the warning that Jesus gave us. Don't be deceived. Don't deceive yourself into thinking you can be a hearer and not a doer of the word. Because the man who's a hearer will come in and he'll build a house. He'll build his spiritual house and his spiritual home and his spiritual life. And when the stream beats vehemently upon that house, immediately it falls. Jesus tells us about the doer of the word. And he says that problems in life are going to come. That the rains are going to come down. That the floods are going to come up. That the stream's going to beat vehemently. That the wind is going to blow and it's going to attack in the form of trials, tribulation, sickness, temptation, whatever it is. And it's going to beat upon your house. But the doer's house will stay standing firm. Not because they're special or anything like that, but because they're doing the word. Because they're not hearing it and turning around and walking away. But this is what the hearer only has to wait for. And it won't take long, Jesus says. Jesus says immediately the house fell. Whenever a problem comes and your house gets destroyed... Maybe it's because you're a hearer only of the word. Maybe it's because we're not doing the word like we ought to be. We're not practicing that in our life. We're not casting and laying aside the sin that James tells us we need to lay aside. Maybe it's because we're not viewing sin the way the scriptures teach us to view sin. We view it as bad. We view it as not good and all those things. But the scriptures tell us to view it as repulsive. Get it away. Cast it away from me. Maybe it's because we're not humble. Maybe it's because when we hear a portion of God's word or we open up our Bible at home, we don't meekly receive that word. 
we look at ourselves when we see the word and we turn around and walk away. You say only God can see what you see. Nobody here sees what you see when you look into that mirror. Nobody else sees all of those imperfections and all those flaws and all that sin that you need to lay aside. But God can see. I tell you, we come here week after week and maybe you're fooling everybody here. Man, I'm a good person. I come to church every Sunday. I sit there and I'll pay attention to the preacher. But when you go home, this is what your house looks like. Because we're not doing the word. You can fool everybody here, but God sees what our house looks like. And because of that, I encourage you this morning, when you go and when you look into the mirror that is God's word, that you don't walk away and immediately forget I encourage you to look and see, truly see what, what you're looking at, what's looking back at you in that mirror. You see, when you come here today, we see a person that's well-dressed, that's happy to be here, that's thankful to be here. But when God looks at us as a hearer only, and we come in these doors, he sees somebody that's Got their hair all messed up. He sees somebody that's missed a spot while they were shaving. He sees somebody that's got all kinds of food stuck in their teeth. And we come in, we just smile at everybody. And God sees what, what we ought to be seeing. When God sees the doer of the word, he sees a man that's justified. And when God looks down at the hearer of the word, he sees a man whose religion is in vain. When God looks down at the hearer only of the word, he sees a house that's destroyed. He sees a house that's in ruin. When God looks down at the doer of the word, he sees a house that's dry, that has had the winds beat on it, that's had the floods come across it, that has the stream beat vehemently upon it, and it stays standing. I plead with you, just like James did this morning, don't be deceived. Don't think that we can come here week after week and sit here and listen to a sermon and walk away and not do it. James gives us an incredible warning here that we need to be doing the word and not hearers only. If there's an issue or there's something in your life the church can help you with this morning, whether it's related to our topic this morning or not, that's, that doesn't matter to us. We, we ask that you come and Make your wishes known on the front seat as we stand and sing. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.